0: Hello, and welcome to the first Surf Heater podcast. My guest today is Kaylee Gilchrist. Kaylee has quite the story. After winning several surfing championships right out of high school, she put surfing on hold to focus on water polo at USC. Her success followed her, and she has not only won a national championship in water polo at SC, but also now an Olympic gold medal in Rio just this past summer. Now she's back in the ocean, out of the chlorine and focused on qualifying for the 2020 Tokyo Games. I caught up with her before she headed to Cabo to compete in the Los Cabos Open of Surf. A good result here could really help her chances of qualifying for the World Tour and then to uh, the ultimately the Olympics. So we're rooting for her and I hope you enjoy the episode. Hey, Kaylee! Welcome to the show, and and thanks for stopping by.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm stoked to be here.
0: Of course. Um, so let's just kind of jump into it here. I see there's another lay day for the Fiji Women's Pro. Um, it's going to be Courtney Conalog versus Tatiana. Who who do you got? Uh, my money's on Court. You know, I always root for California, so Court, Lakey, and Sage are uh, are my favorite. Awesome, and and you're pretty close to the the women's competitors.
1: So. I'm always rooting for California, so Sage, Lakey, and Courtney, and um, yeah, we're close. Like, I'll always shoot them texts when they do well, and they were cheering me on during the Olympics, which was cool because we grew up on the USA team together. So like, Sage and I were roomies during the ISA Worlds, and you know, Courtney and her er, and her family, and Lakey and her family, kind of all traveled to those. So that's it's pretty cool to kind of see them growing up and succeeding, and like, kind of in the back of my head, seeing them be successful has pushed me to another level, like knowing. I could be where they are, if not right where they are, then at least pretty close to where they're
0: at. Yeah. Cause I mean, I remember when you, when you came out of high school and you, you won, I think in 2010, that the ISAs and maybe 11 yeah, that as was, well.
1: Uh, yeah. The U S surfing champ. So, okay. um, that was pretty cool. I backed up my title. I was 09 in 2010 and I think the lake, the finals was Lakey, Courtney and, um, Najee Melamed. So it was Ooh, pretty stacked finals.
0: Stacked. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And was that in, where was that?
1: That was at Lowers.
0: Okay, cool. I mean, what was it like to, to kind of compete against those girls and now see them? I know you kind of said it's just uh, crazy to watch, but do you ever think like if I kept with it, I could be kind of number one right now?
1: Yeah. It's hard looking back on that. Cause I've always had balance in my life, whether yeah. it's, you know, social or water polo and surfing. So, I mean, I could be like, if I just committed to one sport then maybe be the best but I I don't see it that way so 2009
0: 2010 and then USC after that yeah okay um and then so you played water pool there for four years how many how many championships did you win at USC
1: so at USC I played um all four years and we won one championship my junior year which was really special and um it was actually hard like I wanted to quit my freshman year at USC because I was seeing um, Lakey and Sage and all of them doing well in the QS. Uh-huh. And I didn't know if water polo was what I wanted to do. So I actually really struggled my freshman year with my commitment level and um, just being away from home and the transition to college.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And my parents just asked me to stick it out one year and then we could talk. So I think I finally, like, worked my way up some playing time by the end of the year and yeah. kind of re- fell in love with water polo. And it just became... Instead of, like, having an Olympic goal yet, it was just like, okay, well, I'll play three more years at college, hopefully win a national championship, and then finally get to be surfing.
0: Yeah. And what, what – so your your family was saying, let's do one year. Like, what were your, your friends saying? Were they like, you got to go surfing or you got to play water polo?
1: Well – they all wanted me to surf, I think, just especially all my guy friends that I grew up with surfing. And yeah. they knew, they'd like see me um, kind of succeed. So they're like, what are you doing? Like, go surf. Don't go to school. Like, you could be traveling the world, maybe on the world tour. And um, luckily, looking back on it now, I'm so stoked. I stayed at SC and got my education. And that's something that's not really talked about in the surf world that much. Right. But no one on the men's or women's tour has a college education. Wow. That I I could be wrong. but And I think that's just something that should be discussed and kind of a little bit more important, or I don't know whether it's college online classes or something, but I think education is really huge.
0: Yeah. It is hard though, to get to the level that you need to be while going even to high school full-time.
1: Yeah. So definitely.
0: yeah, there is something that needs to be done. I, I totally agree. So what was, so after USC, And the timing kind of worked out perfectly, like the, that Rio was kind of right after you, you graduated, you graduated in, uh, in what year? 14. 14. And then Rio 16. So you kind of had two years to, uh, so the timing there was pretty perfect.
1: Yeah. So, um, I was actually asked the summer of 2013 to train with the national team. So I showed up the first summer and I always laugh, like, thank gosh, our, national team coach is so cool and understanding because I actually hated it that first week and I wrote him a long email right before he's about to announce the first travel team which I had a feeling I was going to be on and just said look I could I can't commit right now like I have surf contest um I really need to do a summer of surfing to figure it out Uh uh-huh and uh needless to say the surf results were kind of lackluster in 2013 so when I got the call back in the fall of 2013, it was kind of the moment when I realized I wanted to make that my goal of going to Rio.
0: I see. So, and, yeah. and what uh, do you think was the the result, or why do you think the lackluster results in 2013?
1: Um, I well, I just think because I haven't been able to fully commit for surfing. It was more for me. I didn't put pressure on myself too much on this contest. It was just to do to keep my seed basically, right. and keep, get some points so I wasn't looking necessarily to go out and like win contests. I just wanted to go and travel and kind of stay semi-relevant in the surf world. Yeah. But, um, I think after seeing those girls go a summer without me training and see their results and knowing that I wish kind of in the back of my mind, wish I was there and, um, kind of made me realize what my goals were and kind of, I don't know, my dreams of becoming Olympian.
0: And it seems like you're very good at setting goals. Like you're like, I am going to, I think I saw like a, one of your Instagrams saying like, "I'm gonna be a water polo champion" or something like that. Like, what's what's yeah. your what's your process like of of setting goals and 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 completing them?
1: Yeah, I don't know. Like, we're an essay started. Like, I have this um, school project, and it's basically about the author, and I wrote it when I was 14 years old. And no, I wrote it when I was 12 years old, and it was basically saying I wanted to go play water polo, go to USC in a scholarship, and then go to two Olympics. So wow. it's like somehow even 12 year old me knew what I wanted to be and wanted to do. And I think it's just being so, um, just growing up in sports, whether it's, you know, basketball or I even play flag football, obviously surf, snowboard and polo. And, um, and just like having those inspirations, like Kobe Bryant, I'm obsessed with and kind of his mentality. And my dad's a two-time Olympian, my uncle and aunt are both two-time Olympians. So I think just the backgrounds I had kind of set that up. And then I've just always been self-motivated and goal driven. And, um, there's just something really cool about setting a goal. And then no matter how long the time is, it's going to pass anyway. So why not do everything in your power to make those goals come true?
0: And, and what kind of gets you up in the morning when it's like five o'clock, the alarm's going off. You didn't really sleep and you have to go to water polo practice or train for, for surfing. Like what keeps you going?
1: Um, I just think having the end in mind is important, just like those goals. But with that being said, it's easy to become obsessed with them. That you just need to be able to focus on the little gains. So that's kind of what gets me up every morning. Whether it's I swam a second faster on a swim set, or I learned a new maneuver in surfing. It's just if you can better those little gains and set little goals every single day, that gets me up in the morning, and then slowly but surely in a month, and a year, those little gains become, you know, giant gains.
0: And so Rio, um, what was, I mean, tell me about, about when you landed in Rio uh, on the airplane with, uh, with your team, like, what was that like?
1: Um, It was insane, like, so first we flew into Houston, and we did our processing in Houston, so processing is, like, the best Christmas ever, you have a checklist, yeah. and you go to all the venues, and you just try on everything, whether it's, you know, your Nike or Ralph lowen you get custom fitted, you get your Omega watch, you get all this goods that you're so stoked on. And every Olympian has the same uniform, which is pretty cool. American Olympian has the same uniform. I got like five pairs of shoes, just so much swag. Oh. So you're already so excited and giddy. And then you finally touch down in Rio and it's like, I don't think it really hit me until opening ceremonies, but everyone is just stoked for you. I felt it so much in my community, friends and family back at home and all the people that actually went down there to um, cheer me on, but just the moods are so high, but our team did a really good job of like taking it all in and understanding how big of the moment it was, but also looking at it as a whole not, it's just another tournament. You know, we're just going to come down here and do our job, which is winning. And then, you know, not put the pressure of another, that it's the Olympic games.
0: Right. And what, um, and so you were staying at, at like the Olympic village and when you're getting ready, ready for these, these matches, um, were you, were you nervous? Or are you kind of like, this is just another, another tournament?
1: Um, I would think I was just kind of like, it was another tournament. And what we did, and I think why we were so dominant was that we prepared so well prior that, we knew our warm up we knew um you know the opponents we were playing like the back of our hand we knew our plays cuz we put in the time before that we could just focus on the task at hand which made it so much easier and so much less stressful and actually just more enjoyable so Of course, there's always nerves, and I think nerves are important. When you're competing, it shows that you care, but um, they weren't any crazier than a world championship nerves or anything like that.
0: Right. I I remember I was at work, and I watched um, the bronze medal match for the volleyball because I knew a couple volleyball guys, and then I watched your gold medal match, and the volleyball (laughs) was, like, really back and forth. I was, like, sweating. And uh, for you, for your team um, in the finals, it was kind of just, like, you just took quick work and and just got it done. And it was never kind of like, I was like, wow, these, these women are really the best.
1: Yeah. It was kind of crazy. I find myself, whether it's surfing or water polo, more nervous in the semifinal game than a gold medal game. Yes. And it's just getting to the finals. Like you just got to get there and then anything can happen in the finals. And, um, just looking at the Italians beforehand and just looking at our team, we just had so much confidence that there was no way we, we weren't going to win.
0: Wow. Yeah. And, um, about about nerves like what do you get do you think you get more nervous on like surfing a heat a big heat or with a lone individual sport or a team where you kind of can can rely on some some others
1: I think for me this whole going into individual sport, it's been really eye-opening and it's you I think it put amount of pressure on yourself to feel the nerves and I put a lot of pressure on myself to do well and oh. that's something I'm trying to work on is finding the right balance but I feel more nervous in a heat just because there's so much downtime. If you think about a 25 minute heat, you're probably the actual act of surfing. You're probably doing it for a minute. Right. You know, like if that, I mean, right. if you're surfing up the waves, maybe a little longer In water polo, you play 32 minutes. You're always playing. There's rare downtime where you can actually let your thoughts and um, emotions get to you. Right. Surfing, if you're sitting and the waves are flat, all these thoughts come in your, come into your mind. So you, you have to be really mentally tough and, you know, we've worked with sports psychiatrists. You, you can't just put the thoughts away. They're going to come no matter what, but you have to notice them and then move on.
0: Right. And so, so I think
1: it's surfing. It's almost more nerve wracking.
0: I, yeah, that, I mean, do you have a good team? Like, are you putting together a team for this? Like, are you, you're yeah. working with a coach?
1: Yeah. That was one of my main goals, um, in this transition is to keep the team like atmosphere. So I have a coach, I have trainers, um, Matt Biolas have lost for boards. I have you know, I really into recovery. So I have a chiropractor and acupuncture and all that and nutritionist and the list goes on and on. And it's just knowing I want them to know that, you know, it's not just me, it's all of, all of us are trying to obtain this goal of, you know, qualifying for the world tour. So and I think they know, for the most hand, it's really cool to have the support of others and have continue this team like thing. So it's kind of almost like the team behind the team
0: and how how is training different uh training for water polo and training for surfing
1: I think it's just for surfing it's um it's less volume so water polo you know you're training 6 hours a day or so right and i, I still like do a do water cross training but you're not i can't surf 6 hours every day you know sometimes the ocean doesn't allow me to do that right so I just try to, the hour and a half we run, heat serve, we go surf, I have to give it my all, you know, and I um and then I'm training in the gym almost the same as water pool three times a week for about an hour and a half to two hours, so that actually is very similar, and we actually do a lot of the same movements,
0: uh-huh.
1: um, and then I add swimming and running and yoga to my uh, cross training when the waves aren't good, so I'm trying to keep my um, fitness up as, as much as I can, and uh, I think just what matters though, is just getting the reps in, in the water as much as possible.
0: Yeah. And I'm, I'm assuming you have a, you have a leg up on, um, on some of the the women on tour now, just because they probably haven't come from like a training background. Like you, you have, um, I don't know. I I'm sure, I'm sure they're into it, but like you, you are seem like you got it going on.
1: Yeah, I definitely, you know, I'm, in this transition, my coach basically gave me about two years to figure out what I want to do. And so right now I'm putting my heart and soul and mind into surfing just to see how good I can get. And I'm trying to do something in, you know, a year where people give themselves 10 years to do. So right. when I look at it that way, I put pressure on myself, but sometimes I like the pressure, but also surfing and just what it stands for. It has never been as professional as water polo. So there's a fine line of me becoming obsessed with results, but also like, being able to enjoy the whole moment, the traveling, the actual surfing, you know, all that stuff, learning this kind of relearning the sport. So I like to bring my professional into water polo, but also bring a kind of late, try to bring a laid back mindset into surfing as well.
0: Right. And, And do you feel, do you feel like rusty? Do you feel like, like you're surfing? Well, like how, how are you surfing these days?
1: I actually, um, was just talking to my coach and I actually feel like I'm the surfing the best I've ever surfed in the past few months, just made some gains and just being able to have confidence surfing is huge. And yeah, there's I'm rusty. I feel like not so much anymore, but earlier in the competitive aspect, just because a lot of times the best competitive surfers aren't the best surfers. Right. So I'm relearning prior You know, my first four man priority heat I ever surfed was last year. So I'm learning all these things and all these new tactics that come along with it. and um, you know, heat strategy that I haven't thought about in years. So um, that's going to come with experience and with running just more and more heats. But my actual surfing, I feel, um, is in a really good place. So I'm just hoping I'll get my break in a contest to actually be able to show it off.
0: Right. And and about the So you're, you're kind of um, series this this year. You, you did really well in Huntington Beach. Shoe City probably got fourth. So you're probably stoked on that. And then Australia, yeah. Tahiti, um, Barbados, Basque Country, Japan. So you're, you're really going all over the world right now. Yeah.
1: So the way it's working out right now, because last year I wasn't able to fulfill the five results. So my seed from last year was 134. So oh. it's a really low seed. And I knew that coming in, that's what it was going to be. So I have to do all these smaller contests, the 1,000s, 1,500s, and 3,000s, mm-hmm. um, to build my seed. And that's kind of what I've been doing. I was alternate for Australia. Luckily, I won the trials to get in, but then lost first round in the six thousand. So now, our goal for the front half of the year was to be top fifty by the reshuffle. So I'm sitting at fifty fourth right now uh-huh. with Cabo's the last contest before the reshuffle. So I'm actually kind of right on track, hoping to get a good result in Cabo.
0: It w- and when is Cabo?
1: Cabo I leave Sunday, so the contest is Tuesday, the the sixth through eleventh.
0: Nice. Yeah, nice. and the
1: ways are supposed to be good, so I'm just believing that this will be like my my big break. But um, after that contest, I'll be reseeded to the rankings now, which is gonna help with um, being seeded into rounds, getting into every contest. So hopefully, we can make a really big push the second half of the year.
0: Awesome, and then and then so they reshuffle it once a year, and then the back half of the year you get to get in the the higher rated contest?
1: Yes, exactly.
0: Okay, to qualify for the. For the uh, WCT or the WSL, um, what? How, how high do you have to to finish? I know it's different every year.
1: So I would say you have to be about top 10 because some of the girls double qualify through the CT and right. the QS, but it is technically the top six girls on the qualifying series get to go onto the CT.
0: Okay. And um, how does the? I was reading a little bit about the qualification for the Olympics. They're, it's kind of unclear at this point, but it's basically twenty men, twenty women in Japan.
1: Yeah. So okay. I read, I read an article. I think they're going to try to push for twenty-four. Okay. Just so it makes it easy to run heats, makes it even. Right. Um. But yeah, I mean, I've heard multiple things with the qualification process. Um. So I think they're going to finalize everything by the end of the year, which will give myself a clearer picture. And, um, I mean, regardless, it's going to be hard. It's going to be super tough to be the top 24 in the world or 20 in the world, especially because you have to take from different countries. Right. So it might only be the top two Americans. And in the Olympics, Hawaii is a part of America.
0: Right. You got to get, like, so naturalized I... as a Canadian citizen or something like that.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, I always you know, I used to stress about this um, earlier in the year, like even right after the games with just, what am I going to do and everything, but you know, the games are still three, three and a half years away. So I just need to focus on what I'm doing now. And if I come back to water polo and you know, my heart tells me to go do that, then I'm going to do that. Or if I'm doing well in surfing and want to continue with surfing, then I'm going to do that. But right now I'm just kind of focusing on like one contest, one heat, one wave at a time.
0: Right. And, and what, what has been your favorite wave so far that you've surfed this year in, in a heat? Um,
1: unfortunately I, I don't think i've surfed a heat over uh, shoulder high yet oh. so <laughs> but i'm learning more and more that's the qs grind so i yes. gotta get really good at little waves yes uh, papara and tahiti i had one heat it was like maybe shoulder high waist high but it was just a super fun beach break right kind of reminded me of lowers cool. so that might be my favorite one um always surfing in the states even if it was crappy huntington i always love to do that and you yep. to have friends and family down supporting me but um, I'm hoping, and the forecast is looking like Cabo and Zippers is going to be the best wave so far.
0: That's awesome. And how, how is the Basque Country? I, I love it up there.
1: Uh, It's my favorite. We went to Zerouts and um, right by San Sebastian. And uh-huh. yeah, I love it. I love it there so much. And we were actually able, Charlie was sailing, and he came down and hung out with us for a couple of days, which was, was really cool.
0: Nice. Yeah, it's Charlie Buckingham uh, sailor, Olympic sailor. Olympic um,
1: sailor. And West Coast University teammate now, which oh, is oh cool. yes.
0: So so you you got you kind of got some sponsors now helping you out.
1: Yeah, and it's kind of crazy. The more I travel and kind of see numbers and all that, uh, the more kind of fortunate I am because I don't think I would have been able to go after this dream without them. So yeah, it's been it's been great to pick up some sponsors and some support as I go after this surfing dream.
0: So, travel in the world. Um, let's you say you gave yourself two years. Uh, so so you said that water polo is still on the table if, if this doesn't work out.
1: Water polo may be still on the table, which is crazy. I thought I would have been one and done. But um, it's just something about the grind and uh, the team and just passion. And, you know, I don't know, it's just crazy things that's kind of hard to describe unless you're a part of it. And um, right. just being a part of the Olympic movement is really special. And percentage, if we're playing a percentage game and you look at it right now, I might have a better percentage to play. In the next olympics for water polo. so and my dad swam in 1964 which actually happened to be in tokyo and tokyo's wow. host 2020 so i i want to get down there somehow so we'll see but i'll probably have a meeting with him the end of the year and just kind of talk a little bit more and get a clearer picture of what's realistically going to happen so we'll see
0: Right. And, and do you have, do you think, I I know you're, you're very goal oriented. Do you think like further out in the future at all? Like, I know you got a great education, like past 2020. Um, are you going to pick up like skeet shooting for 2024 or, or what, what are you going to do? <laughs> uh,
1: I don't know. It's crazy. Um, I think 2024, I'll be 32 years old. So that's still, you could still play some sports then. And I don't know, in a perfect world, I guess, make it in 2020, maybe for polo and be successful. And somehow 24 ends up in LA and surfing blows up and they open the field that allows me to kind of, instead of 24, maybe it's the top 48 in the world or the top, you know, whatever, 96 in the world and just have such a better opportunity to make it in that.
0: That's awesome. Um, And what, uh, so, okay, so Cabo next and just talk real quickly here about the current uh, WSL who, who, if you had like a surfer that you, that you think that you might kind of have the same style or try to kind of similar, um, similar styles, who, who would that surfer be?
1: I mean, I wish it would be Steph cause her style is so good, oh. but, um,
0: <laughs> so good.
1: Yeah. She's pretty flawless, but I don't know. It's been cool. I actually have been studying a lot of the surfers now trying to learn from their ups and downs in a, I think actually Sage and I have a lot of tendencies, and um, especially on her backhand, the same tendencies, especially on her backhand. So uh, I try to actually imitate a lot of what she does, and in the past year, or so she's been really successful on tour. So it's been pretty cool to see her, and I just like her. Just she's an all around cool human being. But um, so I watch her, but I also try to have my own style, but and also try to be more like Steph. So uh, just a bunch of bunch of styles combined.
0: Yeah, did you watch her Sage Erickson's last heat?
1: Uh, I watched her, not the quarterfinal one where she unfortunately didn't make. But I watched the one when she uh, blew up on her backhand in Tahiti. I think uh, it was her round,
0: round four. She, yeah, she, yeah. In the quarter, she gave the the after she lost, she gave the best post heat interview. She was like, "I am so pissed right now." It was just so good to like see some passion. Um, yeah, I
1: think her her total was a two or something. like Yeah. That. And, I know, I mean, just as being an elite athlete and looking at a score like that, you, you can only be pissed at yourself, so. Right. Uh, I probably know what she was feeling. I've had some pretty lower scores this this heat as well, but she was on fire, so I was hoping to pick her at first, you know, to win, but um, that's what happens. You just gotta focus at, it doesn't matter what you did before, before it matters what you're doing now in that heat.
0: What is your advantage out there?
1: I think for me, um, I think my mental game is, strong obviously just the experience i've had right um uh, through water polo and i and i you know i, I really stressed that and you know work with a sports site. but my actual move i think um just power because of all the strength training i've done through water polo i'm a lot taller and bigger than most of the girls on tour so i think that's going to help me if i can ever reach that ct level it'll uh, definitely be a big benefit because those waves are usually a little stronger than the qs waves
0: and what what wave would you be more most um would you look forward to surfing most on the CT?
1: Um, I think snapper with only a few girls out would be pretty sick. Oh. But even with the Fiji contest, I love going left, growing up, you know, the Newport Jetties. Yeah. So I, even surfing Fiji would be pretty sick too.
0: Yeah. Do you need a board caddy? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Once I make it, I'll give you a call.
0: Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> sounds good. <laughs> Just going back to Rio real quickly um did you did you surf at all there I saw Matt Lauer giving this interview and there's like a nice little beach break behind him
1: yeah so the way it worked I was competing until we had three days um off after it was uh we we won that night and then we had two full days and then clothing ceremonies so I jumped in the ocean but I didn't have a board and it was kind of flat and Uh um so I was like you know what surfing here can wait and Oh yeah. And then, um, I actually surfed, we were down there, uh, November 15 and I surfed a lot then during the test tournament. So I didn't get to go during the actual Olympics.
0: Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I I was watching it and and only like one or two days looked like it was, it was pretty good behind the the NBC booth, but I was wondering, Charlie said he didn't didn't surf uh, either.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, all business.
0: Yep. Exactly. So what's what's on tap for the, the rest of the day?
1: um let's see here i have training at 330 with dsc cool. and then i'm hoping maybe after this to go jump in the water um blackies actually looks really fun right now
0: sick i love it there was a there's a fun little like northwest swell out here at, at ob and there the it was super foggy so the cams looked horrible and that's like my my favorite time because nobody's out so there's like four guys huh. and we we're trading trading these like head high rights it was so much fun
1: that's so fun. I've surfed OB a handful of times, like Jared, and it's so fun.
0: Oh yeah, it can be. It can be like the most excruciating uh, paddle of your life. Um, that's...
1: Yeah, I've, I've never surfed it big, and I kind of don't
0: really want to either. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So, so last last question here. Um, let's say so. Let's you're flying to Cabo. When you land on the ground, like, what's your kind of getting your head right? Like, do you go to the the market get your food that you're used to? Like just take me through like a typical kind of, you're, you're not jet lagged, but you know, you're coming off an airplane, you got to get ready for a yeah. contest. What What's that like?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it's important to kind of get, um, make yourself as comfortable as you can in an unknown territory. So for me, that's, we always get in, we always get our groceries and that's the same food I usually eat at home. And, um, you know, I, I'm, everyone makes fun of me but I'm so organized I have to unpack the moment literally the moment I get there it doesn't matter how tired I am yeah and um depending on the time of day it's either like a, a little workout to get the jet lag off or go for a surf and um you can't it's hard like you want to let loose and not stress too much but you also want to have the contest in the back of your mind at the all times so I'm right. um, just kind of working on that with you know letting loose having fun and not stressing too much while also being prepared and getting my rest I need and getting my practice I need to perform
0: right and and so will you will you just kind of will you like go out at night will you like drink a couple of beers or are you like kind of in bed at early kind of ready for the the contest
1: yeah. no I usually don't like to drink a week before any contest and um I don't drink down there or anything like that just so I can make sure I'm doing everything in my control to right. do, like to be, so I don't want to look back and be like, Oh, well maybe it's that three beers I had last night is the reason why I lost. And um, I think that's something that got installed with me in USC water pull. We went dry for seasons and stuff and just having a mental edge over your competitor, you know, maybe it might not even affect my performance, but in my mind it's going to perfect um, kind of influence and infect it. So right. but as soon as, as soon as the contest over, I'm usually the first one to kind of, drink a beer and relax for a little bit.
0: Yeah. I, I feel the same way with, with uh, like drinking and driving kind of yeah. off topic, but like I don't even like drinking with when I are driving when I have one beer. Cause I'm like, yeah. what if just something strange happened that wasn't my fault, but then you have that one beer and you go, wait, was it that? And it's, yeah. it's kind of the same thing. So I think that's, I think that's a good, good strategy.
1: Yeah. And it's not even, I mean, it's not even alcohol, but if you look back, it's sleep. It's, uh, eating healthy, you know, it's practicing the amount you need to, it's working out, it's all that stuff and all these things that add, they do add up and I'm a strong believer with that. It's not luck, you know, luck is made between, you know, just being prepared and being prepared for the opportunities that come.
0: I love that. And uh where where is the gold medal sitting right now?
1: The gold medal is actually sitting right now, right up here in my room. Nice. So up here. <laughs>
0: cool, cool. Um perfect. Well, I'll I'll let you get going with your day. Thank you so much for for taking the time here um yeah. any any other like where can people find you on social media or, or where do you want people to to look for you Anything? Yeah.
1: um i guess like instagram twitter facebook at kaylee gilchrist uh and i have a website that i'm doing a blog which has kind of been fun um more for my family and friends i feel like uh follow it but you can subscribe to it at kaylee It's awesome. called kaylee's quest
0: well kaylee i'll definitely be following the quest thanks for sharing your story rip it up in cabo and keep us updated
1: Thank you. Uh, have a
0: good day. All right, Kaylee. All right, guys. Well, that was it for the first Surf Heater podcast. Thanks to Kaylee. Uh, and we will bring you a couple more in the next coming weeks. So stay tuned.